Thank you for listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and his word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of Proverbs, chapter number 27. The book of Proverbs, chapter number 27. We are in a series entitled Heart Murmurs. And uh, I was prayerfully asking the Lord, what you, how do you want me to address uh, this day? It's our two-year anniversary. Do you want me to pause the series and just celebrate the anniversary? And he was like, no. And I said, well, um, we're having baptisms today. And um, we have about 12 to 15 people registered, but we could have many, many more spontaneous baptisms as we had last year. And uh, are you concerned about that? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, so then what do you want me to preach? And he was like, glad you asked. Because since it's my church, I believe you should tell them what I want them to hear. And so we're still in this series called Heart Murmurs, but there's going to be an emphasis at the end on the significance of water baptism as it relates to your heart. And so uh, I, I'm really ready to dive into this. So let's just go ahead and pray up front, because once I start, I ain't going to stop. Holy Spirit, would you help us to see correctly? Amen. So the title of this message is, Do I Like Who I See? Do I Like Who I See? As you know, I love putting sermon titles in first person because first person means that I'm talking to myself and you should be talking to yourself. It's not me talking to you. Do you like who you see? I don't know, Tim. Do you like who you see? Well, I've taken your clap back away (laughs) by putting this in first person, okay? Do I like who I see? Here's a scripture, Proverbs 27, verse number 19. It's a fantastic scripture. As a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. As a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. Has anybody ever seen their reflection in the water? Okay. Especially if you have it still and if it's not rippling, you can see yourself. But as we've been talking about the heart, last week we kind of broke down how God has diagnosed our heart, we come to realize that what we see on the surface is not really what God is interested in or even looking at. It's amazing how we as a society have spent so much time on our outward appearance and how we look to others instead of evaluating how we even look to ourselves. I know so many people that are put together on the outside and completely crumbling on the inside because too much attention has been uh, 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 focused on what I look like out here instead of who I am in my heart. Instagram is the perfect amalgamation of Twitter and Facebook. They're basically the love child of it. 
But you would not believe how many people edit and filter before they post. If it was just about capturing the moment, why from the time that you snapped it to the time that you posted it, was there 12 minutes <laughs> of editing? Do I want Hugo? No. Do I want Valencia? No. Do I want sunburnt? No. Do I, I don't even know what that is. Everything is so, I, I want to make sure I'm coming across in the best light. I, I want to make sure that before I post this, it looks picture perfect. And if we spent as much time vetting our heart as we do vetting our selfies, I think we would be doing a lot better than some of us are now. Here's what it says in 1 Samuel 16 and 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, and this is when he was going to see who might be the one anointed king after Saul? Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. I could pause right there and do two-week series just on that. The Lord doesn't see things the way that we see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. <laughs> I wonder how many people we've passed and over and uh, 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 over. Or I'm sorry, underestimated because they didn't look the part. Are we more concerned about people that look the part or look the heart? That was dope. Wow. Sometimes you got to stop and know. I'm just not smart enough to say stuff like that. That was Jesus. Do you look the part or do you actually look the heart? Let's crystallize that even more. Do you look the part or do you look his heart? So there's three points that I want to give you. Point number one, write this down. And it's pretty, it's just a reflective point that I want you to understand. Water can show us what we look like. That's all it could do. As a mirror does, this is what it's really talking about. Can you see your reflection? Well, the only thing water can do or a mirror can do is show you what's on the surface. That's all it can do. I've seen people use their phones now to, to check their makeup and to check their hair to see if they have anything in their teeth. The only thing it can show you is what is right in front of you, but it can't show you your motives. It can't show you why you do the things that you do, whether good or bad. The only thing it can show you is the reflection that you already have. Point number two, write this down. The Holy Spirit shows us what we are like. The Holy Spirit shows us what we are like. Here's what it says in John 16 and 8. And when he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Here's what I love about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves to identify things that don't line up with God's will and his way. That's what he's here for. He's here to convict the world. He's not here to condemn it. 
Scripture is very, very clear in Romans 8, 8 and 1 that there is now therefore no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. How many of y'all know that? If you're, if you're a born-again believer, there's no condemnation on you, but there's still conviction on you. Anybody since giving their life to Jesus Christ ever been convicted of a thought or an action that you've done? That should be 100% success rate. Because the Holy Spirit is really good about going, mm 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 don't, mm mm, don't do, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't, I know, you, mm, don't say that. Don't say that. If you say that, there will be consequences. Well, I don't care. They're not gonna talk to me like that. Don't say, I'm, t- don't say it. Just don't. And here's what I love about the Holy Spirit. He's not gonna yell at you. He's not gonna get you into a car wreck. He's not going to give you strep throat to be obedient. He's the best governor I've ever known because he's really polite. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. I told you not to say that. <laughs> he doesn't even say, I told you so. No, I told you not to say that. Now you're you going to sleep on the couch for two days. You should not have said that to your wife. You know that was wrong. And you said it anyway. I still love you. Let's try again tomorrow. This is how gracious and long-suffering he is. Like he's he and 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 and, and the voice is always the same tone. He's never gonna lift his voice. But he can, if you are submitted to him, he will tell you. And he will show you areas in your life because he knows your heart, because he lives there. He doesn't just come, he didn't come park himself in like the middle of your chest. When you open up your heart, when you said, I gave my life to Jesus and I've given my, I've given God my heart. Guess who comes to live there in the heart? The Holy Spirit. So he's walking around there all day going, this is, wow. All this guy didn't, what were you doing before you met Jesus? I didn't know. There's a lot of stuff in your heart. This is, wow, that's a mess over here. And then you got some stuff stuck on the wall. That's from when you were seven. I didn't even know. Man, that's, ooh, that's stuck there. Did you drill that in? <laughs> Did you nail that grudge into your heart at seven? Wow, then look over here. There's some lust over there. Is that that picture? Where's that? Oof, that picture. Oh, no. Why is, it, why is that image right there hanging on the wall of your heart? That doesn't need to be there. Can I take that down? Can I take that down? And then where, where did this negative word come from over here? Who said you were a failure? I didn't call you a failure. Why is that word just hovering over there in the corner? Is it, I, I can do, I can do, I can get rid of all of this. Do you want me to? Notice, he doesn't just come in, rah, rah, ha, I'm in here now, ah, it's mine, mm. I got the title deed to this. It's mine. No, he actually comes in and says, with your permission, I can get that off the wall. Do I have your permission? Yes, you have my permission. Great. It's going to hurt. It's going to mean you're going to have to change some ways that you think. It might mean you have to change some actions. It might mean you have to change your surroundings. But I can get rid of this stuff for you if you want me to, but it's up to 
ministry, he gives us that opportunity if we agree that what he's found is not conducive for a long-term relationship with God. So the Holy Spirit is the one that can point out the stuff and tell us what our hearts look like. Point number three, baptism shows us what we can look like. Baptism shows us what we can look like. Here's the passage of scripture that I'm just super excited about. Colossians 2, 11 through 14. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, in quotations, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. That is just good reading right there. So, so here's what Scripture says. Scripture says in the same way in the Old Testament, you know that, that uh, the children of Israel had a physical covenant with God. Uh, all the men had a physical covenant with God by a natural circumcision. In the same way that was in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, there is a spiritual circumcision. And in the same way in the Old Testament, Abraham had to go find a rock, people. All the men were not going to say amen on this. Abraham went and found a sharp object and at 99 years old, Performed a circumcision on himself. Abraham deserves to be the father of many nations. <laughs> father Abraham had many sons, many sons, and many sons have Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you, so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm going to do that as long as I can. I'm going to dip it and drop it as long as I can because there is a day and an age coming where I won't be able to get low no more. Okay. Abraham did this to himself to show the covenant that he had with God. Thankfully, <laughs> thank you, Jesus, Thankfully, God's not requiring that for New Testament believers. Here's what he says. Uh, in the Old Testament, you had to find a sharp rock and you had to find a secluded place. And with no anesthesia, you had to perform this work to prove that you had a covenant with me. Thankful for Jesus, who in the New Testament says, I'll be the rock. 
I'll be the rock in the New Testament as a literal rock was in the Old Testament. And instead of using a sharp object, all you need is some water. If you can find yourself in the water, you can find your sinful nature dead. If you can find some water and go down and come back up, it will be the same thing as you cutting off your flesh. Everybody do like this. The ladies are like, yeah. <laughs> All the guys are like, oh, God. Oh, God. Do it again. Let's do it all together and sing. Ready? Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it one more time. Satan hates that sound. Did you hear what I said? Satan hates that sound. He can't stand for people to get baptized. Because every time somebody goes down in the water and comes up, That's all he hears. All he hears is, and when he hears that, here's what he knows. There has been a representation on earth of what's going on in the spirit. Someone's cutting off their sinful nature. They're making a decision to put some distance between who they were and who they can be in Christ Jesus. Now, remember what the scripture said, uh, uh, as the water can show you a reflection of yourself, so the heart shows the reflection of who you are, right, uh, of who the real person is. So I want you to imagine getting down in the water and getting down in the water and looking at the reflection of yourself in that water before you decide to go down in it. Who would you see? Then I want you to imagine going down in the water, having that moment happen, and coming back up out of the water, and then looking down at your reflection. What you would say is, what's well, the same person? What heaven would say is, that's a new person. From a physical standpoint, you would go, well, I'm the, I'm the same person that I always was. From heaven's standpoint, heaven goes, oh, no, no, you look like Jesus. That's what water baptism does. It's a spiritual sign in a natural way to say, uh, I've decided to cut off my old nature and look like the person that I'm going to become who is Christ Jesus. The beautiful thing about this is when you have that moment, you know it, heaven knows it, and hell knows it. Heaven rejoices, hell gets frustrated, and then all these kind of attacks start coming to try to say, that wasn't a real moment. You need to do it again 15 times. You need to get dunked in the water every weekend. The truth of the matter is, that moment signifies something a cutting off on the, of the old, and a celebration of what can and will be new. It's not something that you have to be intimidated of, and it's not something that you have to be afraid of. Growing up uh, in church all my life, I used to hear people say, 
I looked at my hands and they looked new. I looked at my feet and they did too. Okay? And everybody would be like, yes, 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 yes. Okay? Well, your hands don't literally change and your feet don't literally change, but something does change. I've heard people say, well, I don't need to get baptized to be saved. Well, you don't need to get baptized to be saved. You should want to get baptized if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Well, some people might say, no, 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 you need to. And if you don't need to, if you, if you, if you don't get baptized and you're not saved, well, uh, the thief on the cross didn't have an opportunity to, like, pop off, get dunked, jump back on, <laughs> finish out a process. So there's circumstances, but when, but when you have the opportunity and you're not in, in any of those kind of scenarios, you should say, at some point, th this marks something for me. It may not be special to anybody else, but it is significant to me. So I want you to think about that, that we have the opportunity to see our lives transformed and our hearts circumcised by water baptism. Recap, all my nerds, point number one, give it to me. Louder. One more time. Point number one, water sh can show us what we look like. Point number two. Y'all are good nerds. Again. One more time. Point number three. Say it again. Say it like you mean it. I want you to write down this statement, then we're done. A changed heart leads to a changed life. Salvation is not rocket science. I've always been, uh, uh, I grew up in a house uh, with teachers. My, my mother was an educator. I, I tell everybody I was uh, publicly homeschooled. I went, I went to school every day, but then came home, and at 6 p.m. we had devotion and what my mother called learning center. And basically, she either confirmed what I had just learned in school or corrected what they did not teach or what they omitted. And so I, I grew up around educators. I grew up, you had, to use, you had to use correct words, and you better know the definition of the word if you use it, and you better know how to spell it. And so we grew up with a dictionary and a thesaurus and a bunch of reading materials and the Bible and a lot of prayer. And so that's why my nerdy nature is like it is. You can blame it on my parents because that's the way they are. My father has books upon books upon books upon books, and they are all underlined and highlighted. And so that's where I got it from. My mom has Bibles upon Bibles upon Bibles. My mom reads an entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation before she starts studying it. I got a new Bible. It's like, there's nothing new in there. It says the same thing. Genesis 1, verse 1. She just starts. 
from Genesis to Revelation, and when she's and she puts a little red check mark at the at, at every page after she's read it, after she's done reading it, and when she's done with Revelation, then she goes, now I can start studying the Bible. That's the that's the house I grew up in. But 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 here, here here's what I learned about all of that. It's real simple. It shouldn't be complicated. And when people communicate faith in a way that's complicated, communicate baptism in a way that's complicated, communicate a relationship with God in a way that's complicated, it makes people run from it. There's no reason outside of the Holy Spirit and our commitment to be simple in our teaching uh, uh, that we should have this many people in two years. Isn't Dallas full of churches? Why do we need another one? Well, clearly, God is up to something. But here's what I think he's up to. He's up to making himself attainable, understandable, and relatable. Your heart can be changed. Baptism is an outward expression of something that's already happened on the inside of your heart. And today, if that's something that you want, you can have it. Last thing I'll say, and then we'll pray. Uh, my son Noah is getting baptized today. So last year, last year uh, Nathan got baptized, and uh, Nathan was very clear about his confession of faith. Um, and let, just so you all know, uh, my boys just found out that I was the senior pastor of this church <laughs> like five months ago. I love that because all they know is that I'm their dad. If they ever called me pastor, I'd be mortified because those are my children, and I just want them to see me as their dad. So when we left Gateway and were sent here to plant this church, they just thought, oh, my daddy works for Gateway. Now he works for Embassy City. So several months ago, we're driving in the car, and Nathan goes, hey, Dad, uh, are you the boss at Embassy City Church? And I said, wow, Nathan, I, I really don't like that terminology. I don't, I don't like the word boss. Um, no, I'm not the boss at the church. I do work there, though. So we kept driving a couple more minutes. He goes, yeah, but are you, like, the leader leader of the church? Like, are you the leader of the church? And I said, well, God is the one that gave me. Uh, uh, the word to, to start the church. And so in that regard, yes, I would be the, the leader, the lead pastor of the church. He goes, cool. <laughs> I just found it out. Last year he got baptized. Uh, we asked Noah if he wanted to get baptized. Noah was like, no. <laughs> like very clear, no. Just, yeah, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> and he was on the side of the baptismal pool. When, when Nathan got baptized, and I think his mom even asked him again, are, are you sure you don't want to get baptized? He was like, yeah, I'm, I'm dead. I'm sure. I'm not doing it, right? <laughs> he was clear. So this year, um, I said, hey, bud, uh, you know, we're doing baptisms on Sunday, and um, uh, last year you didn't want to get baptized, and you, th- you should feel no pressure this time at all to get baptized. I said, I just want you to pray about it. I said, would you pray about it? And he said, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll pray about it. So he ran out of the room, and uh, I came downstairs probably about 
maybe 45 minutes later, and uh, my mother-in-law was sitting on the couch, and he was sitting there with his legs crossed, arms behind his back, just chilling. And we were talking about the weekend, and I was like, yeah, you, uh, I'm excited about this weekend. Can't wait to service. We're going to be baptizing people. I said, Noah is praying about getting baptized, and he was like, I already prayed. <laughs> I said, what? Yeah, I already prayed. I said, you did, buddy? Well, you didn't, I mean, what did the Lord say? Did he, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to get baptized. Due to be seven next month, he prayed about it, and he made his decision. All we're asking you to do is the same. And don't let getting wet be the inconvenience. Let this be the motivation. We have lotion. We don't have makeup. But you can dry off. We got towels. We got everything that you need. We can baptize 12 today, and we'll be fine. We're not trying to hit a number above what we are. We don't make monuments to moments. So we don't idolize a baptismal number. We don't idolize attendance. We just steward who God gives us. So... I just want you to pray like Noah did. Make a decision. And if you have a peace, let's go. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.